I'm Dr. Michael Detola. And I'm Megan Strong. Ever notice how hard it is to get men to floss? We've got a story today that's going to change that forever. That and more on today's Chairside Live. Welcome to episode 31 of Chairside Live. Megan, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very good. Thank you for asking. We've got an interesting case of the week. Actually, two of them. I was walking through the partial denture department the other day. And I saw two cases that kind of jumped out at me. And uh, one of them is a really deep overbite case where there's not enough room for denture teeth. And I'll show you what the technician did to work around that little problem. And the other one that's fascinating is a doctor who still did solid gold partials. And that's with gold at almost $1,800 an ounce. And there's nothing more old school than solid gold partials. So we'll take a look uh, at those as well. We got some news with Megan, but before we do that, we're gonna do a segment we call Viewer Mail. This week's viewer mail comes from Dr. Alex Zavailov in New York, New York, and it says, Dear Dr. Natola, I watched with great interest your tetracycline teeth clinical case. It was right to choose making a uh, crown uh, on those teeth uh, because of the edge-to-edge -edge bite, which is not good for veneers. What was the patient's cosmetic reaction and how did his upper lip feel on the lengthened Bruxer crowns, which did, which did not match the former edge-to-edge -edge bite. Uh, Alex, thank you for writing in. Yeah, that's part of the reason I went to a crown because I have not had a lot of success with uh, veneers in an edge-to-edge -edge situation like that. But the other reason and the driving reason for me was the aesthetics of the case. The patient had been living uh, with those dark tetracycline teeth for decades and his prime motivation was to get rid of that color. That's really what he wanted to do. The diagnostic wax up was set up with that overbite that you saw and he liked how that looked as well. So it felt a little bit full to his lips uh, for about the first week, a week and a half, and then he got used to it pretty quickly. And now he says he doesn't even notice uh, that they're in there anymore. So thank you for uh, watching that case. Thanks for giving us some feedback and telling us that uh, you like it. And you also mentioned uh, you've enjoyed watching Chairside Life from the very first episode and you might be the only one who's watched every episode since the very first episode so you have won yourself a signed autograph picture of megan and unfortunately myself and that'll be on the way to your office very quickly thanks again alex for writing in megan what's in the news today if you've been thinking about getting an imitation tongue piercing you may want to rethink it fake tongue piercings affixed to the tongue with powerful magnets can be life-threatening if swallowed the metal decorations are worn on either side of the tongue and are designed to look like a real tongue piercing. However, if they are accidentally swallowed, they can react with stomach acids and cause lethal internal damage. One 15-year-old UK boy was recently rushed to the hospital after ingesting the magnetized studs. Surgeons were able to save him, but they estimated he had been just hours from dying. Officials are warning people about the dangers of the jewelry and say to go to a hospital if they are swallowed. Now, I'm not pro-piercing, uh, but, but this, is, uh, this is just weird to me. This is like the piercing version of the clip-on tie or those uh, clip-on earrings my grandmother used to wear because she was afraid uh, to pierce her ears. And, and it's funny to me that the uh, imitation version, the one where you're not sticking a needle through the tongue, is actually more dangerous yeah, than the real one. Right, and I think the reason why people go for the imitation tongue piercing is because oftentimes in extreme cases, they'll get their tongue pierced and then it like numbs out their tongue, it hits a nerve and like damages their tongue and they talk like this blah, 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 life, you know? So it's, I understand why they would go for the imitation one, but then now it could kill you anyway. Right, so basically what they're saying is they're afraid of the procedure 
Right. But they're not afraid to die. Exactly. They'd rather wear the imitation and, and take that yes. chance. So it's amazing. I didn't know uh, that there was imitation piercings or fake piercings. Right. Um, they probably have them for the nose. They do, actually. I might be able to get one for my belly as well. <laughs> Summer's right around the corner. That would Bikini be, season. That would see be if scary. I can rock an imitation piercing. But if you do, just don't do it in your mouth because it can be dangerous. Right. You got anything else? Yes. A recent study shows that men in their 30s with inflamed gums caused by severe periodontal disease are three times more likely to suffer from erectile dysfunction. Researchers compared 80 men ages 30 to 40 with erectile dysfunction with a control group of 82 men without the problem. Their sexual function and periodontal health was assessed and they were found that 53% of the men with erectile dysfunction had inflamed gums compared to 23% of the control group. The study authors adjusted the results for other factors such as age and body mass and found that the men with severe periodontal disease were almost three and a half times more likely to suffer from erection problems than men with healthy gums. Wow, and I, as you were reading that story, I was thinking, well, what about if that's just a sign of bad general health and that's right. where the dysfunction's coming from, but they accounted for all that and it looks like there may actually be a connection to that periodontal disease. So absolutely, they, they adjusted the study according to those factors and they found that there really is a connection. And we've been struggling, um, not just as dentists, but as hygienists too, trying to get men uh, in their 30s uh, to take care of their gum tissue. Unfortunately, periodontal disease is kind of a silent disease like hypertension and it doesn't hurt uh, at all. And so it's really difficult to get men, especially married men, right. uh, to floss because they've already got a, a mate for a lifetime. And so they, men just have a tendency to kind of give up. But this is that kind of story. I'd like to see the American Dental Association uh, take an ad out in this year's Super Bowl when almost every man in the country is going to be watching that and have some sort of really dramatic ad. Sure. Uh, I, I don't know what it would be uh, about a guy experiencing the heartbreak of erectile dysfunction and then another guy over there flossing in the corner right. with uh, seven women in his harem or something like that. And just something to really get the men of America thinking that now this is a real reason to go ahead and take care of your competition. Absolutely. Thank you for those stories, Megan. Now let's go ahead and take a look at the case of the week. For this week's case of the week, I happened to be walking through the partial denture department and I picked up two cases that I thought you might uh, find interesting. And we'll start with the first one. It's a partial where we don't have enough uh, space, as you'll see in a minute, for a traditional partial. But I just want to give some props and some love uh, to this doctor uh, for taking a very nice impression with a, uh, a custom tray. Nothing warms the cockles of our heart here in the laboratory around the holidays. Quite like seeing a doctor uh, using a custom tray like this. It ends up saving you impression material in the long run because we just provide five millimeters of relief between the custom tray and the ridge itself. You always know it's going to fit. You always know it's going to go to place. I get it's an extra appointment, but you know, in the world of partial dentistry, we usually have that extra appointment uh, where we can get some custom trays and a bite block and do something that looks really nice. So kudos, doctor, and thank you for doing that. I hope you enjoyed your uh, custom tray. And as we look at the case itself, this is for an upper partial denture. Of course, this is the poured model from the impression that we already saw, and we have some nice detail on there, as you might expect uh, from a nice impression like that. And we really don't see a problem until we have the patient closed down all the way. And I'll tilt this so you can see the articulation. And we we've got a uh, very overclosed bite here. And the bite's not being opened at all. 
And so there's nothing being done here, no space increase being done. You can see the one lower uh, anterior tooth where we actually did go in and just recontour that incisal edge a little bit. And uh, that was done just to give us the amount of room, the clearance that we have there from the incisive papilla, but there's not a lot of space here. And you may think that you would not be able to do a partial here. And certainly you can't probably do a traditionally designed partial. So let me show you what the uh, partial uh, denture department decided to do in this case in order to have enough room to be able to do this. As you look at it, it might look uh, like a typical, like a normal partial, but you notice that uh, there was no typical mesh that was used here. There just wouldn't be enough room uh, for the mesh and for the acrylic and for the denture teeth. Uh, so one option might be to keep the lingual in metal as it is here and then use some posts and put some denture teeth on the front of that. But my experience and the experience of the laboratory has been that when you do that, those denture teeth uh, tend to break off the anterior like that, even with the posts in the back. And you end up with a really unhappy patient when these teeth have broken off on their partial. It's essentially useless uh, for them at that point because the big part of this partial is the fact that they're able to have some front teeth. And so what the lab decided to do here was to actually take the metal, leave those metal linguals, wax the partial, and then afterwards they opaque the uh, facial side of this metal, and then those are actually composite teeth that have been built onto the front of those. So rather than use the denture teeth with the, uh, with the posts that have a, an opportunity to break, this is just actual composite that's been sculpted into place and been uh, cured into place, and this we have very good results with. We do not see uh, these come off the way that the denture teeth do. They've got great retention on them. Again, the metal's opaque, so you can't see through there. And I think we're all pretty familiar with the nice aesthetic look of composite. And you can see that composite resin really does look nice. Uh, maybe even looks a little better than uh, denture teeth. Uh, and even if it didn't, it's gonna be a lot stronger because of the patient's bite. So we'll take a peek at how this looks in the bite here in just a second as we put this into place and just kind of push that down, make sure it's seated all the way, and then we'll have the patient bite together. And again, with the pin up, we are all the way together. Uh, we're gonna have the doctor recontour that one lower anterior, and then we've got those lower anterior teeth hitting against those metal linguals, and then we've got the composite uh, resin teeth uh, on the front, which not only look nice, gonna be way more durable than traditional denture teeth. And we did 200 and about 245 uh, partials like this in November alone. So this is certainly a treatment option if your patient can't afford uh, the extensive crown and bridge necessary to open their bite and recreate that space they used to have. We can still do partial dentures in these uh, limited uh, space cases by the fact that we're going to use some composite resin teeth there as opposed to traditional denture teeth. The other case that I found that was really interesting are these two gold partial dentures. I'll be honest, I didn't even know that we still did uh, gold partial dentures. And I'll be honest, I don't know that I've ever done a gold partial denture. I think I've always done chrome cobalt. And you look at this and it's pretty amazing the amount uh, of gold that's on here. This happens to be a dentist who's a little older than I am. And uh, this is what he always likes to do are these gold partial dentures. And he talks about things like the gold being softer, and not wearing into the teeth as it goes in and out. It has kind of a softer feel as it goes into place. Certainly weighs a little more than chrome cobalt, but uh, the doctor also mentioned when I asked him that uh, 
He feels that other metals can cause changes in the way patients taste things like chrome, cobalt, and things like that. And that gold, uh, being almost completely inert, does not mess at all with the way that uh, patients taste or experience food. And so it's interesting to see, and this is always what he does, are these gold uh, partial dentures. And obviously they look, uh, they look pretty fantastic. And um, you might wonder how much uh, these two partials uh, weigh together, so I looked it up, and they're actually, it's 22 penny weights uh, for these two partial dentures. So um, there's 18 penny weights in an ounce, and gold right now is at about $1,700 an ounce. So I was no math major, but off the top of my head, this is probably about $2,100 uh, worth of gold in these two partials. So you add that to our partial fee of, say, $260. And your lab bill on these two partials, uh, the very friendly fee if you order now uh, for $2,300, the lab fee for these two partials. And um, I would assume that gets passed on to the patient in some way, shape, or form. We probably only do one or two of these uh, types of partial dentures a month. Uh, maybe you have a wrapper um, come into your practice who wants to have this kind of bling, and you tell him, well, I'm not sure I want to do a grill, but how about a... Uh, Having a nice clasp on a cuspid, that'll be kind of apparent. That one's a little too far to the distal, but um, I don't know if you'll have a reason to do this. I think with the gold prices where they are now, we'll continue to see less and less of these. But can you imagine, maybe your assistant checks the wrong box and you open it and you get these partials back in your office along with a $2,300 allowed bill for the two uh, partial dentures. That would probably come out of her paycheck or at least the next uh, her next nine paychecks. So anyway, had an opportunity to see these, did not know they were being done anymore, but gold continues uh, to be an option if you decide to use it for your partial dentures. That about wraps it up for this week's edition of Chairside Live. On behalf of myself, Megan, and everybody here at the laboratory, I want to thank you for your time and your continued commitment to quality dentistry. We'll see you next time. So one day I had to take a day off to go. I went to the DMV, I went to Social Security. Is that strong on your driver's license? Huh? On everything. You should have hyphenated it. No thanks. It's pretty strong. MAS. Oh my god! <laughs> Is that from it facing backwards? Is that on film? I feel like Ken, I feel like Ken Shocknick diving under the desk on Channel Four. What happened? No, I was just sitting there. Collapsed. Oh gosh.